Thank you so much for joining us on Connecting the Diocese, a product of the Diocese of La Crosse, Wisconsin. My name is Jack Sosha. Epiphany. Epiphany already here. It seems like we just were celebrating Christmas a few days ago. We're just kind of getting into it. And now, boom, it kind of comes to the traditional end. Well, we don't care about that. We like to celebrate all this wonderful stuff all year long. Don't worry, I won't be playing Christmas music in July, unless I really feel in the mood. Big things going on. We're going to be talking with Roberto Parturu from Catholic Charities about their plans for 2024. So much happening this coming year. I think you're going to enjoy these next number of shows. So stick around. We'll be right back on Connecting the Diocese. About once a week, I get a message from the Federal Trade Commission about the latest scam that's going on, the the latest thing that tries to extract money from you and cause you financial misery. I've been following with a certain amount of amusement and disgust uh, these little ads that tend to be all around you when you're on social media, things like Facebook or YouTube. The one that caught my eye because it's so completely fraudulent and really wants to suck money away from people who are trying to save money is for a little tiny electric heater. It's really much smaller than a shoebox. And they've actually managed to Photoshop a picture of Elon Musk holding this thing in his hand. Now, he has never touched this thing. They also claim that this little heater, which they probably sell for $50 plus shipping, is used by the American astronauts to keep them warm as they fly up to the International Space Station. They claim it's designed from recently released secret NASA technology. Now, previous to this, in earlier versions of the same kind of ad from the same kind of product, they claimed it was an aeronautical engineer retired who was tinkering and came up with this fantastic new heater that will heat up an entire room in minutes and save you hundreds of dollars in heating. Then again, also, there was the physics student in college who had the cold dormitory room who invented this miracle heater that would... (laughs) You understand what I'm getting at. What was particularly funny was that in the same space where this ad appeared, Walmart has placed an ad for the same heater for $6.95. That's right. This is a $6.95 heater, probably costing a dollar or less from the overseas supplier that this company is trying to sell you as a miracle heater for $50 plus shipping. They even include photos of senior citizens staring at their new reduced utility bill and smiling. The Federal Trade Commission and your friend Jack here both say the same thing. Do not respond to unknown pop-up ads that appear on your screen when you're looking at social media. You will be taken. Well, as promised, I want to welcome back to a brand new year Roberto Partiru, the Executive Director of Catholic Charities for the Diocese of La Crosse and a member of the National Board as well. Welcome back. Thank you so much. A real pleasure being here with you again, Jack. We haven't talked to you since probably before Advent. It's been just such a rush time to squeeze in everything that we were trying to get done. And we we don't like to forget you because you guys are just down the hallway in the diocesan center. And uh, you've got offices there and people coming in all the time. And, you know, it was that, what was that joke about the beavers? You know, the little animals that that it's one damn thing after another? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I haven't heard of that one. That's yeah, a good it's, one. That's D-A-M, folks. Uh, we're not we're not being nasty here. But it is. It's like that. It's one thing after another. And it changes with the seasons. Uh, you know, first it gets hot, then it gets cold. And then, you know, a, a, a homeless camp gets 
torn down, another one springs up. Then next thing you know, you got people who are not paying their power bills right now because they can get away with doing it because of the law. And they keep forgetting about taking care of that. Everything is going on, plus all the other stuff, the credit counseling and everything happening. Also, Roberto, have you been aware, probably you have been, I get stuff from the Federal Trade Commission every week reporting all of the scams that have popped up. Yes, and it's just unbelievable. And many of our clients are falling for it. So we're right here trying to help them and, and guide them a little bit through those camps. Yeah, I mean, no sooner did they have the uh, these earthquakes in Japan when all of a sudden people are getting, you know, email urging them to please give us some money quickly. We must help this particular, you know, town or whatever it is, you know. And they're fake. They're just fake. Uh, I was just reading a story from a lady who happened to be in the bank, and she was waiting for uh, an elderly man. He was probably in his 90s. And she overheard him withdrawing $60,000 from his bank account. And, and the teller was saying, sure, I'm sure you want to do this. She said, sorry, I, I don't want to be nosy, but um, is there some really important thing going on? He goes, I, I can't really tell you about it. The person on the phone is telling me not to say anything. <laughs> And it was That's, somebody from a foreign country who had convinced him something about the law that he had broken or the taxes, and they were getting ready to siphon money out of his account. And she says, may I see the phone for a minute, sir? And she talks to the person. She basically says, you know, who the blank are you? Because I'm his, uh, I'm his daughter. She lied, of course. person went hung up. That was it. But yeah. had, she, had she not been there, this poor guy would have been out 60,000 bucks. Yeah, it's amazing. It's happened to relatives of mine as well, so... <laughs> I, I miss the old days when we used to get typed letters from Nigeria telling me that uh, they were the uh, the cousin of the late king and they had all this money they had to park in your account temporarily because they had no place else to put it. <laughs> yeah, so they wanted your bank account. Yeah, I mean, it's, just, it's just amazing. But these things are springing up all the time and sometimes they they, uh, they use the logos of things like the IRS or you know whatever. I, I would not be the least bit surprised if somewhere some Catholic charities fake has gone out as well. And I'm sure you guys keep aware of that a great deal. But boy, uh, we could do a whole show on this. I may have to get someone on from the Federal Trade Commission on that. Uh, <laughs> uh, people don't realize that also the, these ads that are all around you on social media are outside the reach of the government because they're on the internet. Yeah. And I've been, I've been seeing countless ads. Uh, and these things are getting hit all the time, all around us. Uh, it's amazing. I, I see them all around social media things. And uh, they come and they go and they disappear. And boy, your money is gone if, yeah. you, uh, if you fill into this thing. Charity Watch is a good place to go. And of course, as I've been telling people, legitimate religious organizations, of course, Catholic charities, are not only for real, but also they are the best stewards of your money. Uh, so we, we always remind people of that. Because, right at we the try to. We try to very hard. And you do. And I see the economies going on there, you know. And and you have gotten hit over the years with some amazing projects. I'm still marveling several years ago at the the Afghan refugee program where you got a call one day saying, all these folks are coming. They got nothing. Can you help we're, them? <laughs> we're still working on it. Yeah, yeah, it's still going on. And I remember one of your predecessors years ago, we had big mudslides in La Crosse. And uh, the, the guy who had your position was uh, was out there right away with a gift card in one hand and a prayer card in the other. Uh, yeah. Never forget it. So so what exactly, Roberto, uh, what's the latest thing you're working on? We're currently working with the county, with the La Crosse County and Cap and ourselves. We're buying houses to provide homes for families that are low-income housing 
for families and, and families that are homeless as well. So we're in, we're in the midst of that, that adventure. We purchased four houses so far and could cap four more. So we have a total of eight houses that are being fixed right now and, and some of the families are already moved in. So we are, we're housing families and we expect to purchase between 16 and 20 homes where we can, wow. we can house uh, homeless families. People it's a wonderful not, project. People do not realize that the Catholic Charities USA, not just La Crosse, is the largest provider of low-income housing in the country. Yes. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, that, that's amazing. You're, you're, you're right. I mean, all Catholic churches there. You have to remember there are 168 Catholic churches in, throughout the United States. Each of them belongs to a diocese, and it's total independence. So we are Catholic Charities Diocese of La Crosse. It's independent from Catholic Charities in Louisiana, for example. But we coordinate all our efforts. And um, between us, between all the 168 Catholic Charities, we have pro approximately uh, 30,000 units or something like that. 30,000, and that means uh, 30,000 families uh, will be housed. And, and or, people. And people, yeah. I, say, I mean, that's that's a huge number. You know, for those of us, I'm fortunate that, uh, you know, 30-odd years ago, when we moved up to this part of the world, we purchased an old farmhouse on three acres, and it wasn't a lot of money. We put a lot of money into it since then. What happens when you've got something that's 133 years old? We're so happy we did, uh, because, yeah. gee whiz, it... The prices of rentals and purchasing have gotten astronomical. Even in our town, there was a, a, a small house that was apparently owned by the city. I don't know how this happened, but it was owned by the city. And they just had a recent uh, meeting, and they were paying, uh, the people in it were renting, were paying, I think it was $450 a month, which is still a, a chunk of change as far as I'm concerned, because I'm living back in 1968. <laughs> you know, to, me, yeah. to me, that seems like a lot. But... They suddenly went through their books and realized that they had re they had replaced the water heater, they had replaced refrigerators, they had fixed this, they had fixed that, and they had to raise the rent up to six hundred and fifty to to cover the, the expenses of basically keeping the place habitable. Yeah, and I, I'm not saying it was a bad thing. I mean, this this is a got to do kind of situation, but because uh, if not, they would have probably just sold the house to somebody, and then that person would have really been in trouble. But can you imagine, you know, you're sitting there, you're, you've got your budget figured out at 450 and uh, next thing you know, you say, well, gee, we're terribly sorry, but starting next month, you've got to pay 650 Now, with inflation, that that is exactly what happened. I mean, right now, the house is just a one-bedroom apartment. It's over $1,000. That's insane. I mean, and people are not making that much money all the time. No, they're not, and they can't afford it. So they end up homeless, or they end up having to join with another family member or another person to to live in a house. So it is it is a real problem. And again, with interest rates being that high, houses, new houses are not being are not being built. So we have a shortage, a huge shortage of houses. In the La Crosse area, there is a tremendous shortage. So we're working real diligently to to try to solve that issue. I think one of the problems is that also that um, 
corporations, investment corporations, uh, scoop up as many houses as they can if they can get them at a reasonable price, and then they fix them up a little bit, and then they make them into rentals. Uh, yeah, and, and they can make a fair amount of money doing that, and they can because they're a big company, they can you know get contractors to come and t- take care of things. And all, but all of a sudden, you know, um, the young couple wanting to buy their first house is simply not finding it. it. No, they because the, there's bigger monies in renting them um, than there is in, uh, in in selling them at that point. Absolutely, uh, it's it's the financial situations that the average person like me. Are, are simply not aware of. I'm not an investment banker, so it doesn't occur to me. You know, I do know that uh, you know car dealerships make more money on used cars than new cars, for example. That much yeah. I've heard, but I didn't realize that major corporations could buy a thousand homes because they've got the money to buy them, and then they turn around and they can rent them out, and they just know that they can sell them or they can rent them for a certain amount of money a month, and over a period of three years or whatever, they can make this much money. Absolutely. And, and, and meanwhile, uh, you know, John and Mary Doe, who just got married, and uh, they're both working, you know, just average jobs, are sitting there going, you know, we're, we're expecting a child. We need a place to, to, for the kid to grow up, and we can't buy anything. It's just amazing. That's the reality. I mean, it's, it's absolutely true. So yeah. it is a huge thing that we're dealing with. Yeah. How has the, uh, the the warming center situation been this past several months? It, it's been working very well. I mean, we have a wonderful coordinator in all three warming centers. I mean, in across in Wasson and in Eau Claire, the people that are running the program are very experienced and they're doing a tremendous job. They've been with us for a number of years now. So they're we are blessed to have quality people working for us and and providing the service. I mean, it's, it hasn't been, as, as you know, we haven't had much snow and we, it has not been that cold. So people are in, in the La Crosse area, are some, some of the homeless individuals are, are choosing to camp, uh, to stay outside and, and using the tent and, we're working with the, with the city and the county to try to eliminate that because that's that's a huge problem for the for the city and for the homeless. Yeah, it, it hasn't been blizzardy and and below zero temperatures and all that stuff, but it's been just warm enough that these people think they can tough it out. Yeah, uh, they can tough it out. There's a business not too far from um, from here that uh, for a long time. This guy was living in his truck, and I, I think he may have been going into the business where they probably had showers and stuff to get cleaned up, and he worked there. The truck had obviously not moved for a very long time, and there was stuff piling up in it. And, uh, and then the business itself um, changed over. They, they laid everybody off and were turning it into basically a storage place for some of their other stuff that they had. And now I see his truck is gone. I have no idea where he went. What, you know, did he find a place to live? Did he, you know, where is he? Uh, where is he yeah. getting water? Because he would, you know, he would go in probably into the the factory and you know fill up jugs with water and things like that. And so he was getting by. He was he was subsisting, I would say. But I, yeah. I wondered what happened to him. And I, I asked around. And nobody really knew who he was. Even it was one of those situations where you know nobody really noticed, which is really really right. kind of one of the big problems. People people don't notice. That that happens. I know that Chris uh, Chris Ruff works with you. They they try to have a network in the rural areas, you know, informally. 
uh, right. through the parishes so that people do notice if they you know they, they keep track of people who are you know so and so has been there and he you know his his wife died you know several years ago and this that and the other and he lost his job they try not to lose people to have them fall off the radar screen or whatever you want to call it right. it's it, it's a lot of work it's a, a tremendous amount of work who goes out on the streets and tries to contact these we folks? have we have four, we have caseworkers and case managers that go out on the street and they actually go to the tent city or they go to where the, uh, the homeless are and meet with them and try to convince them to move into a warming center or try to talk to them to see what their needs are and see if we can help. I mean, it is this uh, ongoing situation that we're currently uh, working with the city, with the county, and with uh, our different partners. I mean, Kulikap and, and ourselves, and the Salvation Army and I, ILR, and that we work together so that we can help this all the homeless uh, yeah. to, to find shelter. I have been reading that uh, there is a spike in homeless people who are retirement age, and, you know, seniors, as they would call them. Yeah. Uh, that they, they're on a fixed income and uh, they get caught in uh, the, the rental problem going on, things like that, where they just don't have the money. And it, it, it must be terrifying if a person who has led, you know, your regular, ordinary, walking around life, and maybe they've had to pinch pennies and get by, but, but to suddenly at the age of, say, 68 or 70, find that you're homeless, is, I, I cannot imagine it. Uh, and I'm sure you're seeing that here as well. Very much. I mean, the, the issue with people over 45 years old who are becoming homeless is the numbers have, have increased dramatically. I mean, I think nationwide it's something like 13 or 14 percent, and that's a huge number. Yeah, yeah. The interesting thing is, though, that there is an increase now in employers looking for older workers because they're finding they've got certain experience and they show up and they're on time and things like that. Yeah. But you, you can't get that job unless you've got a permanent address and maybe a phone and things like that. So it's a real vicious circle. It is. Yeah. So it's just in, yeah. The, the, the homelessness, it is a situation that really needs, uh, many people are, are paying attention to it, but it's not a simple solution. Because each, you have to remember that each individual is a unique case. There's no two homeless alike. There's there's always something in their own personal life that, that keeps them from either searching for for help or or keeps them from being able to find a house. So we have to address one person at a time. Yeah, and and we. In America, especially, uh, we are we love quick fixes. You know, we we love to come up with the one solution that takes care of everything, whether it be a you know an antacid or something else. You know, uh, and, and this is why we see some of these these scam ads. So this is this little tiny heater that will only cost you seventy nine ninety five uh, will heat your entire house for pennies. You know, <laughs> no, uh, there there's, there's no simple solution to a lot of these things going on. And I'm not trying to sound negative about this stuff. Just trying to point out that there's a lot of work to be done and. Uh, Catholic Charities, Salvation Army, all these other people, Coolie Cap, they're all working really, really hard. And it's it takes a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of volunteers, and a, a fair amount of money, especially if you're you're buying apartment complexes that have, have kind of just deteriorated and you're converting them and things like that. A lot of that stuff is going on. It's a, what do you do 
or I should say, what would be the the big request you have at this moment in the, the early days of 2024? What what are you looking for? And of course, we always I always see a dollar sign pop up, but uh, that's a, you know you, these places can meet their goal for Christmas, right? But right. then they're only one or two challenges or emergencies away from needing more. And it, it isn't like they're, they're all buying new cars for 2024. You're all driving around. You know, it didn't work that way. Uh, but what, what is the current uh, situation? What is the first thing that comes to mind when if somebody says to you uh, financially or physically or whatever, how can I help? What do you say to them? Well, when, as, as I mentioned, we're purchasing homes right now to... to to house individuals, that's through a grant that we received from the county uh, that uh, we're purchasing all these houses. But you have to remember, we have those houses have to be maintained. So the money that we receive from the county is allowing us to purchase the homes, but those houses, they need repair, they need to be maintained, they need, you, need, you need to pay the bills, you need to pay the, the electric bill, the water, the heater, the maintenance of the house. And all that is going to be coming. It's going to be part of or coming out of our budget. So we need we need assistance for to to, to maintain in the yeah. house. And these buildings are not these houses are not uh, not in necessarily pristine condition, ready to walk in when you buy them. No, definitely not. We're we're repairing most of them. I mean, all the houses. Some of them need more. Some of them, of them need less. Yeah, uh, carpeting and electrical and plumbing and heating and uh, roofs. And <laughs> yep. <laughs> Having lived in this place now for 30 years, I know all those things. <laughs> I, I don't call it a money pit for nothing, I'll tell you. But uh, uh, it's true. And then you basically become landlords. You, you are responsible for, I guess, insurance and uh, all those things as well. Uh, Correct. Did you ever think you'd be in the, in the business of owning buildings? No, and that's the last thing I wanted to do, but it's, a, it's, a, it's an absolute need. I mean, yeah. when I first came here, I, I just told the bishop, Bishop, we're not in the business of owning property. And now yeah, I find myself owning houses, owning buildings, and, and keeping them up. And the reason is very simple. If you don't own the house, rent keeps going up for, for these individuals, and... and, and and then everything piles up and you end up having to serve somebody and then not being able to find a house or paying a rent that is un- 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 unbelievably high. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, in order to maintain the price, we have to own it. Yeah. I, I would think also that you are fortunate over the years to have developed a relationship with the local contractors who... Uh, um, give you a little bit of a break perhaps because they're nice people or, or at least are available which is we important. have been so blessed with the local the lo- Jeff Weiser and Weiser Brothers uh, mm-hmm. have been he's a member of our board he understands what we're doing he checks all the houses for us he helps uh, helps us out with the maintenance with the fixing of the houses I mean, we have been incredibly blessed by, and, and not just not just Jeff, but uh, a lot of the contractors that are that we need assistance, Schneider and and others have have given us uh, their time or have donated their time when they need to fix something. 
Yeah, these so are they, people who you 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 hear in, in ads. They're 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 almost household terms in this city because of been around for so many years. And it's nice to hear yeah. that they're they're helping you out as well. They, they've also they bring along the expertise because uh, correct boy, if I had to go look at a house and say, gee, I wonder what this needs, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you would not want to know the results. But they could look at a place and they can tell you right away what the first thing is that has to be fixed or where what will get you the most bang for your buck and how to do it. Uh, oh, and, absolutely. And I couldn't was, do I couldn't do it without them, without no. their assistance. I look at a house and I, I only see a, a roof and a window. Well, they see me under the roof and under the window. <laughs> yes, we uh, we had work done on our old, old 1890s place. Uh, uh, it had a um, the foundation. Uh, there was a dug basement uh, and then the extension on it was just um, basically limestone blocks. And for the first few years, the wind would blow through those limestone blocks under the living room floor. Oh. And, and uh, when we finally got some work done and we had them put insulation in there, this was probably in the middle of early summer, these guys pulled up the floor to start putting in the insulation. And they said, my goodness, there's an ice cave down here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was like in the old days they would keep they would keep the ice till summer for ice cream by putting it in there. Well, this was just ice that had built up, but it it, it was still down there after all everything else was long gone. And this is the kind of construction stuff that I would have no idea what to do with. Yeah. Uh, and also, you've got these places that can blow in insulation. Uh, we just discovered that the back of our house, which has been around for a long time, uh, they never put insulation in. They did the front, but not the back. And, oh and and so we we squirted you know they had them squirt in this this stuff and and uh, um, you know it cost a bunch of money to do it but and we honestly we don't are not going through as much fuel as we were keeping the house warm now uh, we go into our kitchen cabinets and uh, uh, the bottles in the bottom you know which would be cold <laughs> like they're <laughs> like they're in a wine cooler <laughs> yeah like I say I'm, I'm inept when it comes to this stuff you know between that and automobiles boy you don't want to ask me any advice whatsoever I tell you you but, and uh, I are both in the same yeah yeah but fortunately there are good people out there and there are volunteers that we can't yeah. say enough about the people who volunteer with you constantly uh, Absolutely. In, all, in all in all different ways and uh I always uh, think about also the, the, the fact that you guys offer, and at no charge, this is the thing I like about it, credit counseling, where sometimes when people are in over their heads, they don't quite understand or know where the money is going. Correct. And, uh, and, that, you know, that's one of our biggest programs. It's called yeah, St. Yeah. Lawrence Communities Community Program, where yeah. we provide assist, financial assistance, financial education, and, and we helped individuals to, to pay their bills, but most importantly, we educate them how to run a budget. Because yeah. that, that, otherwise, it will be in, in the red on a regular basis. So we, we try to help them to manage their budget, to teach them how to do it, and provide some credit counseling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Last, last year, I think we spent about $300,000 in, in money that uh, was given to 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 pay to pay that, and we also under the same program we do the school uh, back to school drive where we help over 900 students last year to get all their stuff for so that they can be ready to go to school yeah. and have their backpacks and everything. 
Yeah, and it's it's tough on a kid if uh, if everybody else in class has got a new backpack or at least a backpack, yeah. and you don't have any. You've got a, a paper sack or something like that. It it it's hard. It's difficult. I always wish that there there was some organization, and maybe there is, but it requires such you know kitchen type stuff to teach in, to teach home economics. Because I think one of, one of the best things you can do if you want to save a whole bunch of money is is cook from scratch at home if you have time. Uh, yeah. Boy, I, the cost of pre-made industrial food, um, you know, is just so high. It's incredible. Yeah. We, uh, because of some allergies in the family to wheat gluten, we, we have to cook from scratch. And it's amazing how little you can, you know, pay for a meal if you buy basics and just take the time to do them and maybe plan ahead and do a little freezing in the freezer and things like that. Uh, it really does make a difference. Uh, we have a... I and mean, it's a lot more healthy. Oh, yeah, well, that's another thing, too. Uh, yeah, you, I lost a ton of weight during, pardon the pun, but I did lose a ton of weight um, during the pandemic lockdown because I wasn't going anyplace, wasn't dining out, wasn't stopping at a convenience store and cooking from home. And I've kind of leaned that way still, even after the whole thing was calmed down a little bit. But, yeah, there's a lot of ways you can do that. And I would think that uh, a home economics class of some kind that someone could teach really basic stuff um, to people who have never learned how to cook, we don't do it on. Yeah, we don't do it in, that in the classroom, but we, we do it individually with each family, with each person. We, oh, that's good. Yeah, we, yeah. We we help them out. With, yeah. I was just reading that uh, this one guy was, I believe, from India. I'm not sure where, but he um, he was used to eating uh, food that they cook in India, and uh, he came here as a young man to go to school, and he came here weighing 133 pounds. And when he went back to, to India, he was wearing he weighed like 180 pounds and <laughs> <laughs> because he had switched over to eating the American food. Yeah. And interestingly enough, when his uh, when he later on when his relatives moved over to the United States, um, they, they kind of lived together and they all began cooking their style of food, and he lost weight again. <laughs> It's all right. You know, yeah. We're talking, you know, we're talking a lot of greens and a lot of rice and uh, a lot of stuff that you know is not not uh, um, not tater tots and 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 you know and all kinds of deep fried egg rolls and stuff like that. <laughs> um, it, it's a it's a big project uh, trying to get a society to not only be healthy and cook well, but to, to that their lives are balanced. Uh, yeah. And it, frankly, if you don't have a, a roof over your head or you don't know where your next meal is going to come from, it's really hard to to think that way, to try to kind of go, well, I want to spend more time thinking about uh, my relationship with God when yeah. they're worried about what am I going to eat tonight? You know, it's very difficult. It really is. It is. And, and, and that's that's what we deal with. We're dealing with on a daily basis, so it is it is heartbreaking. But at the same time, you cannot just help a person to by providing a shelter or provide them with an apartment. You need to help them to want to live. You need to make them feel that they are wanted. You need to make them feel that they belong, that they are part of the community, that there's something that they can contribute. So remember. To love somebody is to look for the best for the, that person, is to do the best for that person. So they have to learn how to love as well so that they can become somebody for somebody else. They can learn how to love somebody else as well. And that's the important thing, is to teach them and make them feel wanted. 
Yeah, you you talked in the past about how to many people who are homeless, whether it be short term or long term, the sudden feeling that they're invisible. Yeah. That people don't even want to see them. And yeah. can you imagine being a person who everybody totally ignores you when they walk by and feeling invisible and unloved? Yeah. That's got that's got to have a terrible effect on your mind. It does. And uh, the worst thing is that and it happens very quickly. Yeah. And, uh, and then it just takes a long time for them to gain trust again in themselves and to trust their lives. When you go through a, an, ex, an experience like homelessness, it, it is a shocking experience. It is a traumatic, a traumatic experience. And I guess you could understand why in some situations these people want to stay in the homeless camps because they at least, maybe some of them help each other out and they have that feeling of identity there. Um, yes, they do. And they, have, they, they are a community in themselves. But then unfortunately you have the bad apples that always come in with the drugs and, right. yeah. and, and you know, makes it very hard for, for law enforcement and for everybody else. And then once you get addicted, it's just yeah, very, it's very tough. tough. And right now there is so much uh, fentanyl being mixed in with everything now. It's that, just um, unbelievable. The, it, it's, the it's, amount it's, of drugs in the streets is something. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And, the po- and, and, the, and the potency of them and the fact that the people who are manufacturing and selling these on the streets yeah. really don't care about you. Uh, they do not care. They don't, And they may not even know what is in what they're giving you because... They were given a, a line from the guy they got oh, the, it from. The, the drug traffickers, they know, but it's just they, they don't care. It's evil. Yeah, it's really rough stuff. How are we doing, when you see the homeless community or those who come in for assistance of any kind, uh, how are we dealing with our with our large number of uh, veterans now who are back from Afghanistan, back from Iraq? Uh, I know that we hear a lot more about post-traumatic stress and things like that. Are you seeing a lot of that going on? Are you getting a lot of help that way? We're seeing that a lot, but they get a lot of help. So the veterans, thank God, they've been helped quite a bit. So by and large, in the, in the, in the La Crosse community, we have a great VA department and veterans organization and ourselves that whenever we see a veteran going through rough times, they receive the help that they need. Yeah, and the also... Issue, the issue is everybody else. Yeah, yeah, and also there's uh, no one will know more about the stresses that a a combat veteran has gone through than another one, and yes. so we have we have priests, we have, we have uh, you know all kinds of people who have been through that, uh, yes. who are there to help, and so it's it is a community unto itself as well. So that's good that they're not they're not being ignored as much. But the, this, like I say, this is going to be an interesting year. There is so much, uh, and I'm not trying to make this a negative show. I, I have great great hopes for this year, uh, but. There's so much stresses going on in every direction you can think of. There's financial stresses. There's political stresses. Even churches have being stressed by these people who decide that suddenly uh, they don't think that uh, religion has anything to offer them. You know, and uh, yeah. boy, I'll tell you, it's <laughs> uh, it is a challenge to to get up in the morning and and be uh, and be positive 
in my case, fortunately, because I get to talk to people like you and others, I see the good stuff going on. And I know that there's good stuff going on. I know there are people being helped. I know there are just wonderful neighbors helping out. And, uh, you know, everything you can think of in the small towns, people helping out and noticing when people need help, um, fundraisers for this, fundraisers for that. Uh, there's lots of good stuff. But if one was to just look at the media in general, all you hear about or see is the stuff that gets clicks. And that's usually stuff that's violent or, or tragic or something like that. You don't see all the good stories. And there's a bunch of them out there now that are really, I think really the, quite the, good. The best advice that I received is when you wake up in the morning, give thanks for everything that you have received. And if when, you're, when you learn how to give thanks and to, to count your blessings and to make sure that you pray for for those who provided you with all those blessings and and also you look at the positive side of, of everything, you become a much more uh, cheerful and happy person. It, it is difficult to to go through life by complaining and by looking at all the negative that happens around you. That's going to happen anyways. It's, it's always going to happen, but it's up to you to make the choice of saying, I'm going to look at the positive as well. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to join that positivity in, in the human race. Yeah. Kind of like that, uh, that song, Let There Be Peace on Earth and Let It Begin With Me. Yeah, uh, that's a wonderful song. Yeah, yeah. Now, there's a guy that I, I, I'm on a, a photo discussion group online, and this guy, I think I may have told this to you once before, but his, his signature thing at the bottom of his emails or his messages is, I wake up in the morning and I'm feeling good because I stretch out my arms and I don't hit wood. <laughs> <laughs> He's alive. It's like Bishop Callahan says, why do you blow out a birthday candle? He says, because you can. You're alive. Blow out the birthday candle and celebrate the fact that you are alive. And that's and a good point. A very good point. And if you wake up in the morning and something hurts, in my case, everything hurts. <laughs> because, you know, my, my knees, my back, my shoulder, everything hurts. It, it means you're alive. So yeah. give thanks for the hurt as well. <laughs> so. And the other thing that Bishop Callahan has repeated forever, I can, I can almost want to engrave it into a, a, you know, a, a granite block and put it somewhere. No one is disposable in their frailties, in their failures, in whatever you want to call it. Nobody is disposable in the eyes of God and certainly should not be in our eyes as disposable. It doesn't work that way. And we, we see that in almost everything that is done in this diocese, where the people in need, the people who need a little more attention, people who do great things but don't really get celebrated for doing it, you know, we, we, we tap them on the shoulder and say, hey, thank you so much. You did a good job. You really did. We sure appreciate what you're doing. I really think that's something that uh, more people should be doing. I, I talk to people who are basically waiting on me, you know, whether it be yeah. delivering a package or helping me check out my stuff at the grocery store or whatever. And I go, hey, thank you for your good help here. You're doing a great job. And uh, we, are, we have to remember we're created unique and irreplaceable. Mm -hmm. So nobody can do what you do. Nobody can do what is your job to do. So it is, we have to look at life as we, we have something to contribute to everybody. Mm -hmm. What are you doing these days with two things? And you can pick whichever one uh, first you want with both immigration and adoption. How are we doing on those things? Adoption, we started a program, was called the Journey Program, which is as, uh, where we, 
we're working with families that have adopted. We have, have also done uh, provided foster care. So we're working with that program uh, throughout the state of Wisconsin, not just in the diocese, but throughout the state. We have over, I think, 2,000, 3,000 families that we're working with on a, on a regular basis. An adoption last year, we placed 95 children into, into with adoptive parents. So the adoption program is growing and it's, been, it's, very, it's doing very well. So we're very happy with that, but the people that run our adoption program, I, I can't believe their dedication. Yeah. That's one of the programs that touches my heart. Yeah, sure. So that means that uh, this past Christmas, there were 95 kids celebrating Christmas with their forever parents. Correct. Yeah, that's, and, that's wonderful. And, that, and those are 95 children that otherwise they could have been aborted or they they. They might have not lived, so we're we're blessed to have those families that wanted the, the children, mm-hmm. and to have the birth moms that allowed the children to or wanted the children to be born. So it is it is a wonderful program. Yeah, it sounds fantastic. And immigration-wise, as we mentioned, the thing that blew me away several couple of years ago, more now than that, was uh, when the, you got the call from the uh, Department of State or whatever saying that uh, Fort McCoy were going to be dropping off a whole bunch yeah. of Afghan refugees. That, that was something else. I mean, that was uh, Karen Becker, and she outdid herself and all the people that worked with them. So we helped 13,000 Afghan refugees at one point uh, for McCoy, but... Today we have about 200 of them staying in the state of Wisconsin and we continue to help them and, and provide them financial assistance as well as helping them obtain their visas and with all their paperwork. So uh, immigration has been very, very active. I was just going to say, did you say 13,000? Yeah, that came to Fort McCoy. Wow, that's, that's a lot of work. And it's, it was a city. It was yeah, like working and yeah. running a city. Yeah, and I know that uh, during the summer, this past summer, there was kind of an Afghan family day here at the Diocesan Center, and um, it wasn't really open to the public because it was their day to be with each other and yeah. cook their food and have their fun and have their culture, um, and just basically to to welcome them and say, hey, you know, we're happy that you're here. That was a great thing too. That was amazing. What is the next thing you were going to talk about? I just you mentioned something was coming up. You just said that one of the programs that I think it's uh, it goes under the the radar, it's our disabilities program, which we, we help individuals with disabilities, adults with severe cases of autism or mental mental disabilities, that we have about 25 in, uh, adults here in, that are at the Assistance Center. They come on, on it every single day, and we have our, our caseworkers one-on-one because they're, they're they are severe, the severely disabled. So they work one-on-one with them, and the amount of love that they give these kids or these adults, it's, it's amazing. It just it touches my heart yeah. to look at them. Several yeah. years ago, I was at a, at a thrift store uh, looking around. Back in my days when I was teaching stuff on eBay on how to sell things, I would find stuff at these thrift stores that show me what you should sell and what you probably can't sell. But um, uh, there was a young woman. Again, she was challenged, and she was also in a wheelchair. So she had two 
you know, mentally and physically. And uh, one day I happened to notice that somebody had done up her hair really nicely. And I said to her, Susie, wow, your hair looks really great. And she looked at me, so first startled, and then she realized I was complimenting her, and I got the most genuine smile of, I had ever seen. You know, that yeah. someone would, would notice. It's, again, it's a little bit like the homeless thing, too. They're, they shouldn't be invisible. Uh, they shouldn't. And, and I, I come here every, single, you know, every day to the office, and this, this one girl, that she's in a wheelchair, she's disabled, and every time she sees me, she extends her arm and gives me a huge hug. It's mm-hmm. so touching. It's so beautiful to, to watch. Yeah. And it, it is, you know, the people that have disabilities, mental disabilities or all other kinds, are the most un, unique, genuine people that you can possibly imagine. Yeah. It's uh, pure love. A number of years ago now, uh, before I got involved with the Catholic radio and all that, um, I had published audio books on, this is a long time ago now, cassette remember those things yeah <laughs> and that. not too far from where i live it was a uh, a, a sheltered workshop and these folks uh, uh, would package up the cassettes and put the labels on them and, and ship them off and uh, one day my wife and i were at uh, one of these buffet restaurants having dinner you know and uh, this gang of people uh, you know uh, who again had various challenges but had been putting all this stuff together for us decided that they were going to pool their money and they rented a limo, <laughs> and, they, and they all got in the limo, and they they drove it to this same restaurant where my wife and I were dining, unbeknownst to us. And so this limo pulls up, and all these people get out, and they all sit at a big table, and they have for what for them was a big feast. And they saw us, and it was kind of like, hi, Jack, how you doing? And I'm thinking <laughs> to myself, you know, those folks are having a lot more fun than I've had in a long time. Yeah. Genuine complete fun let's go yeah. buy rent a limo go to this buffet restaurant all have camaraderie sit around and dine and have laughter and good times and for them that was the biggest thing in the world and it was yeah. really it was quite an amazing operation and i i was kind of jealous of them <laughs> you know you guys are you guys are having more fun than we are <laughs> it's quite nice yeah it's it's yeah. it's, it's uh, once again it's looking at, at aspects of humanity and seeing the good and the great and the wonderful exactly. that is in them. And, uh, you know, when you when you have someone who has a variety of challenges and you help them accomplish something, to them that accomplishment is the is like me getting the Nobel Prize. Absolutely. And they feel pride in themselves. And that's, you know, what is that worth, right? <laughs> that's worth a lot of money. Um, hey, speaking of money, this is, this is where we switch over to money mode. People can go to cclse.org. Catholic Charities of lacrosse.org. And it is possible for you to, to online to make a donation. You can do it to, you know, the best need that you need right now, or you can target it to adoptions or whatever else it happens to be. But cclse.org. You can actually reach Catholic Charities through our diocesan website as well. But you can go to cclse.org, and you'll see buttons there where you can click to donate any amount you want, or to talk to them about uh, uh, any kind of uh, deals with, um, you know, with wills and things like that, uh, they're more than happy to talk to you. And you can target it, or you can say, hey, whatever the need is most, because you guys have got to, your needs change constantly. All the time, because yeah. the, the needs in, are increasing. I mean, the fact that we are purchasing this house for the homeless, the fact that we are working with our, our disabilities program is constantly 
more demand for it and we're having a hard time as well as trying to find people that because there's a shortage and individuals that that are specialists in, in this kind of special education um, all those needs require funds and require money unfortunately but it's true we live in in, in a world where money uh, is needed so we are We're beggars, we, and, and, and we don't mind saying it, but we're beggars. We, we need your help. We need everybody's help to be able to sustain our programs and to be able to pay the people that are out there living it. Yeah. You know, if more people would adopt the idea that all of us are beggars, we all are interdependent, we, you know, we all need stuff, um, Uh, there would be a, probably a, a much more pleasant environment out there right now. And, and again, there's, there's islands of goodness floating around uh, you, you know, between the sharks <laughs> that are out there. Yeah. Uh, and, and you guys are really a big part of it. And uh, uh, I don't know if ever, ever you guys ever decide to have an open house someday. Oh, we could advertise that ahead of time. It would be interesting. I don't think people realize what a big operation that is. That uh, you know, I, I was astounded about the housing uh, projects. You're you're working on a vast scale, and uh, it's just remarkable. And uh, if you could meet some of the people, the staff over there, and have them explain what they do, and I realize you're so busy, you can't take a day off to have a a Catholic Charities open house day and just talk to people walking in who are. But you know, it's an idea. It just would be fun to do. Um, yeah. It, It's a great idea, but it is difficult because we have our programs spread out through the diocese. So we have yeah, programs that's true. that are, yeah. Yeah, are in Warsaw. We have programs that are in Clare, in, in Loyal, here in La Crosse. Yeah. And for those Now, of you outside of the area, see, this diocese is 15,000 square miles. It is large. <laughs> yeah, so you're, you're, you're fanned out all over the place with the, you know, with little antenna of keeping track of what's going on and where there are pockets of problems and things like that going on. So to have a, uh, to have a tour would, be a, would take quite a bit <laughs> to do. Maybe yeah. we'll have to do a virtual tour someday and put it on video or something like that. That would be good to do. But, uh, yeah, it's amazing the, what goes on. I always feel so good having talked to you And so good knowing about the good work that everybody is doing over there day in and day out. And again, you can check with places like Charity Watch or whatever and see that an enormous percentage of your dollar donation, whatever it is, goes directly to the people who need the help. Yeah, uh, it's very efficient. You know, you again. You haven't bought that new car yet. I'm waiting for the Mercedes that you're planning on getting, right? Uh, <laughs> That's uh, my wife is still waiting too. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just the way it is. We, uh, it's not one of our priorities at this point. We, uh, no, no, you know, you're, you're not proud of your possessions. You're proud of the people, and uh, uh, that, uh, and that's a, probably a pretty good way to act. But uh, any yeah. final comments before we head out? Oh, just. Thank everybody for their generosity. I mean, this this year, last year was a tremendous year. We 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 worked very hard to provide the services that we provide and to be able to do what is demanded of us. I mean, we have an incredible staff that is just giving and 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 they give themselves every single day. And and there is some some of them are exhausted and tired, but they keep going day after day. So thank you for your support. Thank you for for a wonderful year. 
And thank you most of all for your prayers, because without prayers, it's unsustainable. Yeah, thank you so much. It's good to do a show where we kind of map out all the things you're doing every once in a while. And as I always tell you, Roberto, if something comes up suddenly you want to get the word out about it, if you can get hold of me by a Tuesday, it'll be on the air that following weekend. So just let me know if something's going on. I will, Jack. Thank you so much for having Robert, us. Yeah. Roberto Parturu, the Executive Director of Catholic Charities for the Diocese of La Crosse, uh, one of our regulars that we get on periodically because they got stories. <laughs> Roberto, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Jack. Catholic News and Interviews. This is Connecting the Diocese. You're listening to Roberto Talk. I'm always impressed with the idea that wherever you are, inside the Diocese of La Crosse or in your own diocese elsewhere, because we are listening to various places around the country, the Catholic Church is there for you in so many different ways, not just your spiritual needs, which is extremely important, but your physical needs as well. If you are having some difficulty, it doesn't matter what it is, talk to your local parish priest or talk to a local deacon or a religious. I can guarantee you that there is nothing that you could say to them that they have not heard in some form or another before from someone else in a similar difficulty. Now, the local parish priest may not be able to help you out immediately and directly, but they know people, they know things, they know places, because, like I say, there are situations that you're in that they have seen over and over again. Most dioceses have people dealing with, with youth and their problems, with married couples and their problems, with single moms and their problems, with pregnancy and the problems that entails. But also, and this is very important, spiritual needs. For example, now the Diocese of La Crosse has a prayer request place where you can literally type in something that you say, would you please pray about this for me, either for myself or friend or whatever the situation happens to be. And these are looked at. They're not just thrown into a bin and forgotten. There are priests and religious throughout the diocese who receive these and will pray based on your request. If you're just lonely and trying to figure out how to connect, and this is something not just with older people, but with younger people as well, who suddenly realize that the only friends they have are on the other side of a keyboard, there are things you can get involved with, whether it be a pancake breakfast or helping clean the church or discussion groups. Just go and talk to your parish priest. They are wiser than you could possibly ever imagine. Jack Sosha here with you on the last few minutes of Connecting the Diocese. This being the weekend of Epiphany, it is completely appropriate that I end the show with probably the final Christmas carol of the year for me. But it will be from a traditional Catholic group. I'm going to probably butcher their name. Clamavi di Profundis. They consider themselves uh, traditional Catholic singers, and they do a special version of We Three Kings using different voices from different family members for each of the kings because the story actually tells the story of Christ, not just the joyous part, but the sad part, the myrrh part. So I will leave you with this. We'll catch you again next week. Thank you so much for listening to us. Drop us a note at connecting at diolc.org. See you next week.
kings of Orient are, bearing gifts we traverse afar, field and fountain, moor and mountain, following yonder star. Star of night, star with royal beauty bright, westward leading, still proceeding, guide us to thy perfect light. Born a king on Bethlehem's plain, gold I bring to crown him again. King forever ceasing, never over us all to reign. O star of wonder, star of night, star with royal beauty bright, westward leading, still proceeding, guide us to thy perfect Incense to offer have I, incense owns a deity nigh, prayer and praising all men raising, worship him God on high. Oh, star of wonder, star of night, star with royal beauty bright, Westward leading, still proceeding, guide us to thy perfect light. Myrrh is mine, its bitter perfume breathes a life. Gathering gloom, sorrowing, sighing, bleeding, dying, sealed in the stone cold tomb. Oh, star of wonder, star of night, star. i uh -huh.